I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Race for the Ring, episode 134, Steering the Wheel of Love. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go! Hey guys, welcome back to the Race for the Ring. We are going to have a little 411 on how to steer our cars down the road of love as we navigate all of the fun thrills of and thrills of dating in this cyber world that we're all in. I'm joined today by dating expert Allie Jackson. She's a Newark-based dating and relationship coach who's literally in the trenches along with all of us looking for her person. Um, She's learned and did a lot of due diligence, kind of researching the ins and outs of dating as she was working on um, learning about her own needs and embracing her feelings and found the best way to communicate directly between your suitor um, and for your suitor to be communicating with you, ideally. So she's going to share with us a little bit of information about the whole texting thing Um, Also, um, you know, how to handle certain situations um, if you're not completely certain that this person is for you um, and when to throw in the towel like I often do and when to kind of like see if it's going to evolve into something a little bit more. She shares some really great information. It was a really deep conversation. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Allie Jackson. Hi, Allie. Welcome to the Race for the Ring. 
Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in this field? What drew you to the field? I always just like to get a little background for our listeners and stuff like that. I mean, I obviously introduced you, but like, tell us a little bit more <laughs> about who you are and what makes you Allie and what, what you do, like what your mission is basically for single folks like myself. Yes, totally. So I am also single. Um, I live in New York City. I've lived here for about 14 years, which is a wild thing to think yeah, about. Yeah, it's a long um, time for New York. Yeah. It's a long time. I'm originally from San Diego, so oh, I'm very wow. far from home. Okay. Um, and so I've been living here for about 14 years. My full-time career is in the fashion industry, but I've always had a really peaked interest, if you will, in consumer psychology and how that translates into psychology in general and why we like the things that we like and how we communicate things and how we interact with each other. And that led me as I was navigating dating in New York City to mm -hmm. do a lot of research about, mm -hmm. you know, how people communicate, how they interact with each other, relate to each other or don't. And, you know, how that impacts dating. And all of that has led me to become a dating and relationship coach uh, for the last three years or so really based on my own personal experiences with dating, but also all of the aforementioned research and just talking to people and gathering as much information as I can initially for my own journey, but now to help other people too. That's so great. So what are some of, I mean, without getting into all of the nitty gritty of what you uncovered, what were some of the key pieces of evidence and science or, you know, data that you were able to um, gather in your, in your time in the trenches of dating research? <laughs> you know, I think the biggest theme that has come up for me in both research, but also my own experience and just talking to people is the big communication gap mm. between people who are dating. And I think a lot of it stems back to a fear of being vulnerable, a fear of getting hurt, and also this thought that caring about something is shameful or embarrassing. If that thing or person in this in this case doesn't feel the same way about you. Mm. Yeah. So rejection, There's, I guess. Right. right? I don't mm -hmm. like to use that word because I try to reframe it for myself, but yes. Yeah. No. It's that, I, yeah. Well, I think that people fear that they, you know, totally. even, but if you don't take a leap of faith or give a shot, you don't know if it's going to lead to something better. Right. Exactly. And I think that that's the thing that I consistently found over and over again, both in myself and in my research and in talking to people was that there was this fear of having a mismatch of feelings mm. of well, what if I like this person and they don't like me? Or what if I go on this date and I don't like them? You know, that mis potential mismatch was the biggest blocker to happiness that I found. Mm -hmm. And people weren't talking about it. People weren't talking about what that feels like. And I think that then just feeds the problem. So when they don't talk about it, right, um, when, do they even go on that date um, or um, or maybe if they're in a, a dating situation, they may not bring up the topic of let's be exclusive for fear that the other person isn't going to reciprocate that notion? Both. So for some people, they're not dating at all because they just you know, don't want to put themselves out there. Right. Either they wow. don't want to put themselves out there or they have this feeling that they have to be, quote unquote, completely healed or completely ready to um, date. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I they're like, well, once well, I get this universe, not to interrupt you, they feel like the, no, not in the universe, but I guess like, um, the society has kind of like with all of our self help, which is really important. I'm a huge advocate for that. Um, but nevertheless, it can take it. You can take it a little bit too far. All right. You continue. And I'm going to give an antidote to that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think a lot of that leads to us not dating at all. Mm. When really a lot of self-help and self-actualization happens while dating and in relationships. And a lot of it actually can't happen fully on your own. It's true. Like the way that you relate to other people, if you're not getting real time experience and practice in relating Mm. to other people in dating, it's very difficult to get better at it. And even if you have your own issues, like, um, I, I, so I'm curious. (laughs) So I have a friend and I know that's the cliche I literally do have a friend. It's not me because I'm not shy. People that listen to the show know that I'm like all about sharing my own stories, but this is not pertaining to me. I do have a friend and she is well on a break right now with this guy, but they were dating and they've been dating for a while. And she really, I mean, I think she loves him. She's, Mm. she's said as such, I I do believe she does. And I know he loves her too, just from what has transpired with the two of them and communications and things of that nature. But he's got his own, they have a little bit of an age difference. She's a little older. She's a little more established in her career than he is. So I think he has a lot of um, insecurity around that. Um, And she might have like a little bit of dismay about that situation too. Um, it's not vastly different, but it's enough that it obviously is a little bit of a factor in their dynamic. So, so, and then he also has, I guess, some personal stuff that he's trying to like unpack. So she, um, really wants to date him. Um, but they broke up because of a variety of reasons and, and then they took a break and then they sort of started talking again and like, she's worried that if she starts to date him again, she's going to be doing him a disservice because she's interrupting his progress. But I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I'm just curious what your take is on that. Cause I can see that. And she's just being trying to be completely unselfish and wants to like him to have the benefit of getting, kind of evolving and, you know, um, getting to know himself and feeling comfortable, like in his own skin or whatever that looks like. But I also think like life is short. And so like, it's hard to find somebody that you like really care about and all of this. I mean, there's never going to be a perfect scenario, but I, I feel like yeah. just date the dude, like just <laughs> date the dude. Well, <laughs> well, what do you, so what do two, you say? I have two thoughts. One, I think nobody can protect your feelings, but you, mm-hmm. and it's really difficult to go into a relationship and try to navigate the other person's feelings for them. Mm-hmm. Like it's not her job right, to protect his feelings. It's not her job to make sure that she is not stunting his growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course you, she wants to be supportive, mm-hmm. but it's his decision to make about whether a relationship is feasible for him right now. That's true. That's mm-hmm. not her decision to make. However, I I didn't hear the context in the story. I might have missed it. But um, if he wants to pursue a relationship and feels ready to pursue that relationship, because that's also not her decision that she could make. And mm-hmm. so if he's not feeling like he is ready to move forward, full steam ahead and give her what she needs, because I didn't hear anything about her needs in that story. Right. 
and based on what you said, she's thinking a little bit more about his needs than her own. Yeah, she is. Yeah, you're right. But if he's if he's not ready to show up and say, yes, I am working on this stuff. Yes, I'm trying to establish myself in my career still. I'm doing these things in my life. And mm-hmm. I'm ready to be here for you in a relationship. If he's not saying that, then whether or not their relationship might, you know, stunt his personal growth or whatever it is, doesn't really matter because she's not going to get her needs met and therefore shouldn't be in the relationship regardless of where he's at. He wants to be in a relationship. It's her that's saying, like, I don't want to be like, you know, I'm like, so I was like, but yeah, so she needs to listen to to him. Wants to be in a relationship is different than what I'm saying, which is ready to show oh, up for her and give her I what she what needs. Saying. Okay. All right. So they just have to have a very honest conversation. She has to be, yeah. I guess, come to the table with what her needs are and see if he's yes. able to, to meet that. Right. Okay. All right. Because That's the way be. that I'm hearing it right now, she's framing it about him. Yeah, she is. And not about herself. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's really good advice. I will definitely make sure she listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> She listens to anyway, but like, this is for you. I'm not saying this the name of the friend, but like, yeah, she knows who she you is. You know who you are. This one's for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So the communication issues in general with the two parties involved in the dating process. Mm-hmm. So what, um, what are some of the other, um, obstacles that you help couples or I guess not couples, like individuals deal with, with like texting, miscommunication and things like that. I, I, um, well, I guess I'm technically dating. I'm I'm like, that's so funny. I mean, I am dating in theory. I just, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, talking to people, I was sort of dating a guy and then that completely like fizzled out. I didn't like him. I had made up my mind that I had gone on three dates, which for me is a lot. Um, Uh lately my life has been like one and done, um, sadly, but, um, and I also, my schedule's bad. So three dates was stretched out over like a couple of months. Anyways, we're talking a lot though, but whatever. But I had decided after the third date that I just didn't feel like it was going to be like, I'm not looking for everybody that's going to be my husband, but I definitely want to be with somebody they could see like some sort of a future with a little bit, Yeah, of course. but I didn't see that with him and he was awesome and I could have hung out with him and dated him forever. But like, I just don't really have a lot of time anyway. So I just decided it's better just to not date him anymore and just if I've, I'd rather like study for school and then graduate school or see a friend or whatever, but I'm talking to other people. So I guess my point is, and I take a long time to talk. I'm sorry. Um, Allie, (laughs) um, I, I, um, am on the apps and like, I tend to get in these text conversations with these guys and I don't like that. Like I kind of want to just meet and see if there's any connection at all, if they're attractive in person, you know, sometimes they don't always look like their picture even a FaceTime is like I think a weird way to talk like initially so um then they they think that I'm not overly interested because I'm not like overly engaging and like these long text conversations with them but okay so you tell me what you think I guess in general and then how what are some of the text issues that you you see with your clients so this is a big one. And it was one of the ones I was going to mention actually that comes up is okay. people that are having really long drawn out text conversations with people that they haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. And so I have a question for you. Have you ever read a book, loved it? It got turned into a movie. You went to see the movie and you hated it. Oh yeah. In her shoes. 
Okay. You have, yeah. So did you, do you know I what I'm talking we, about? Yeah. I yeah. Did. Okay. Yeah. Was that Cameron Diaz was in that movie? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. hate it, but I definitely was disappointed. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hate might be a strong word, but yes, disappointed yeah. in the movie of a, of a book you loved so much. I think we all can think of an example there. Mm-hmm. Mine is Timeline by Michael Crichton, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I love um, yeah. So when that happens, it's because when we read the book, our minds were imagining the whole world that this book takes place in. Mm-hmm. Right. Our imaginations are thinking about what the characters look like, what they sound like, how they interact with each other, what the environment looks like. Mm-hmm. And then when the movie doesn't match that world that we've created in our mind, we're disappointed, mm-hmm. even if the movie is not objectively bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes movie is objectively bad. But even no, if that makes not, sense. Yeah, def- definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah, 100 percent agree with that. That's yeah. what happens when you talk to someone too much before you meet them. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, so you have this vision of what they're going to finish. Exactly. It's not even a phone conversation. It's just a text message. You exactly. Know what their voice sounds like. Yeah. Right. You're picturing their voice. You're picturing them, their face that you've seen in pictures talking to you. And even if they look like their pictures, that could still translate a little bit differently in your mind. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about, you're imagining the tone of their voice. You're imagining the way that they say things, the way that your interaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. The more you talk to somebody before you meet them in person, the more time your imagination has to create that world that then when you meet them in person, even if that in-person meeting isn't objectively bad, if it doesn't line up with the thing that your imagination created, which highly likely that it doesn't, mm-hmm. now you're disappointed when you might not have been if you hadn't let your imagination build that world. Because mm-hmm. you would never really had anything to go by. You were just like, nothing. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Sort of and like so, when you meet someone organically out, like you've never had an encounter yes. with them before to like take it or leave it, you know, kind of right. thing. Yeah. And I think I see this a lot, especially with people's voices. I hear a lot from clients and I've had this experience too of, oh, his voice just wasn't what I was expecting or Mm -hmm. like his voice surprised me and I I couldn't get over it. I challenge those people when I hear that to tell me when the last time that happened in person, when was the last time that you met someone in person, not even romantically, a new coworker, a new friend, someone random, the barista at Starbucks, whatever. And you were surprised and disappointed by their voice. Yeah, never. I don't even think about never. it. Yeah, yeah. Never. It's not even like a and thought. Yeah. No, unless, I mean, I have encountered people whose voices were very out of the ordinary, but that was so <laughs> Yeah, rare. that's extreme though. Yeah. It's so <laughs> yeah. rare and extreme. That never happens. Mm-hmm. And yet it happens quite a bit in dating. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the disconnect that you've had time to create what you think this person sounds like. And their voice is a super specific example, but you could extrapolate that to everything else about them, their tone, the way they move their face, their expressions, et cetera. That's what happens when you spend too much time talking to somebody before a first date. So what's the answer? How many, I mean, there's no like rule, but like if you had to say how many text conversations are appropriate before you you actually go and and like meet face to face, would you say? I don't have an exact number. Mm -hmm. I more, I think of it more like a vibe. I want to get a quick vibe check that we can have a back and forth that this person seems like, you know, a real human on the other side of this phone who is able to respond to me in ways that I kind of like a mm-hmm. couple times, 
Now let's go meet. And so do you ask them out or do they ask you out or how does that work? Does it matter? Yeah, I think, I, I don't think it matters. But if I feel like I'm at a place where I would like to go on a date, I would like to stop talking via message and go on a date and the other person hasn't mentioned it yet, either I will say, hey, I'd love to take this conversation in real life or bring this conversation into real life. What's your schedule like next week? That's a more direct and assertive way of doing it, right? I feel comfortable doing that. Some people don't. If you don't, you can also weave the date conversation, weave the date into the conversation. So you can say something, let's say they ask you a question. They say, you know, you've been talking a couple days on the app and they message you and say, you know, hey, how is your, how's your day going? Or how was that thing you told me about yesterday? Or, you know, they ask you a question like that. You could respond with something like, I'd love to tell you about it in person. Okay. Or that's, that's a cool a great, way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they ask you a question that requires a little bit more of in-depth answer. So maybe they say, oh, you're from San Diego. What made you move to New York? You're like, you know what? It's a great story, but it's better in person. Yeah, that's good. Because it's less like, I guess it's less forward, but it's also a a hint. And if they don't catch on, then you know, you need to move on. (laughs) Right. Um, Then it's like, if that person is not then saying, I would love to hear it in person, let's go out. What's your schedule like? mm -hmm. And you're not somebody who wants to be more forward and ask them that question, which I am, but it's cool if you're not, then that person's not picking up what you're putting down and you can move on. Okay, so let me give you my example. You tell me what you yeah. do. Okay, so I'm talking to this new guy um, on an app. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that he, um, I don't even know how it came up. I think he asked if I had kids, and I said I did, and I shared some info just about their ages and stuff. And I asked if he had kids, and he answered he did. And his son, I think it's his son or daughter, I don't remember this, which is which, but he, I think he's a girl and boy. Well, anyway, one's having okay. a, I think it's his son, having a bar mitzvah. Um, so we're Jewish. Well, I am, and he mm-hmm. is. Um, his son's having a bar mitzvah um, next week, and um, he's going through a divorce. He's not divorced yet. So that's okay. how it sort of started with me. He asked if I would, if I wanted to be transparent to tell me he wasn't. He's going through the process. It must be messy. I was like, oh, it's fine. And fine if I'm not me. It's going back with her. I don't really care. Yeah. Do with me. Like it's fine. Um, I appreciated his honesty. But then, okay, so fine. So back to the bar mitzvah. So I said to him, "You'll have to." I think it said something like, if we meet, you have to tell me about that. And per- or you have to tell me all about it or something like that. Because mm-hmm. it sounded yeah. juicy and dicey and it sounded like a very long conversation. Um, and he said something like, there's not enough room on this. Oh, I said, you'll have to tell me about it. Sorry. That's how it said. And you, like, you'll have to tell me all about that sometime. And he said, there's not enough room in, in, on this app to tell you, uh, to write, to explain, whatever. And I said, oh, well, you'll have to tell me if we meet. If. I wrote the word if. And then he, <laughs> and so he wrote back, are you asking me out? Like, jokingly it was kind of cute and yeah. I said and I wrote back I'm like I said if and I was like kidding like I went ha 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 and then I said um I'm just joking and then he wrote back let's take it off the app. why don't we take it off the app first so like oh god now I'm gonna give you my phone number and you're gonna like start texting me like incessantly like I don't want that either so I haven't like responded yet um <laughs> it's been a day but I could just tell him I've been busy with work which isn't exactly a lie um so what would you say to that I would have said, yes, I am asking you out. You would have? Yeah. And but he like, wants I to also... talk on like my, he wants to talk on the phone first. 
Okay. Okay. You're giving my Some number. people have that boundary. And I think that that's totally valid. I'm not somebody who needs to do that before a first date, but I respect it if somebody wants to. Okay. Okay. All right. And then what happens when, if he starts texting a lot to just bring up meeting again, like in a, like yeah. a casual way? Okay. Yeah. And you could either do it in a more direct way. Like my first example, which was like, you know, ask what their schedule's like the next week or something more direct like that. Or you could use that kind of phrasing that I mentioned a couple minutes ago, the, you know, that's a great story, but I'd love to tell you about in person. Okay. And I also would recommend in the future, flipping that if to a when, okay. when we meet. I mean, because I think I meant it that way. I was just joking around with him. Like, cause, but, I, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I, think I have a similar sense of humor to that, but you don't know this person yet and they don't know you. True. And so they don't have a way of interpreting the tone of what you're saying that's to true. be yeah. like you're saying, oh, I meant it as when I was just joking. Of course, I want to go out with him. Yeah. Is it what is that? That's what it sounds like you're saying. Like that's yeah. what you were thinking yeah. in your head. Yeah. But he doesn't know you. He doesn't know that because the other way those words could have been meant by a different person is that you're still deciding whether you want to go out with him or not. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, because you don't know. I mean, the tone in a text message. Like, I know what my tone is. I'm being sarcastic because that's just my personality. And I, I don't very whatever. Don't I mean yeah. I care, but and like I don't know these people from Adam, so I'm right not as sensitive as, as some other people might be. So I'm like, oh well, if you don't like me, it's fine. Like, well, <laughs> I don't know you. It's, don't again. get me wrong. I I love bringing your authentic personality to the conversation, bringing that sarcasm. I recommend not doing it as it relates to your interest in them, though. Okay, got That's it. That's where I don't think sarcasm makes sense yeah. in a situation where you don't know the person yet. Like, yeah, I, rib, rib me a little bit. Love that. Be sarcastic. Don't make me question whether you're interested. Okay. All right. That makes sense because then it's like it could kind of backfire and go like, yeah. 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 And then it's I like, totally oh, get it. you know, it's not like this guy does. It's not because I think that. Then what we think is, oh, well, if they don't get my sense of humor, or if they don't get me, they're not for me, but they didn't get a chance to. Right, 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 right. That's really good advice. Okay. Are there any other hiccups that you can think of that, that the majority of your clients are dealing with in this fabulous dating? <laughs> I think the See? other biggest one, the other biggest one, and there's, there's a lot of, you know, different commonalities and themes that I see, but the other biggest theme is spark chasing. What's that? So you mentioned earlier, you know, you're not sure if you're going to be attracted to somebody when you see them in person. You're not sure if they're going to look like their pictures. I think a lot of people are looking for that instant attraction and not saying that that's what you meant, but yeah, a lot I of people it. are looking for that instant attraction. They're looking for a spark. They're looking to feel butterflies mm -hmm. with this person that they've never met before. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for that before they're looking for signs of compatibility even mm. because I have experienced personally that physical attraction and sparks and butterflies can grow as you get to know someone you have. Can you give us an example? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my, the person I would consider my most significant ex-boyfriend um, on my podcast, we call him ASV, which stands for the aspiring sober vegan. It's a long story of how we got that nickname, okay. but okay. We call him ASV. He's, I consider him my most significant ex-boyfriend. 
Uh, okay. We didn't date for the longest, but it was the most intense. Okay. Feelings wise. We first dated, we dated twice. The first time that we dated, we actually met in person through a friend and we'd been drinking a bit. I thought he was very cute. I asked my friend about him, et cetera. We ended up connecting and we scheduled the first date. I showed up to that first date, walked into the bar that we were meeting at, saw him. And my initial reaction was, oh no, I did not remember what this guy looked like as well as I thought I did. Oh God. <laughs> and not because he, he is conventionally attractive. He is an objectively attractive dude, but I had remembered him in my mind differently. And when I first saw him, I thought, oh no, I'm not attracted as attracted to him as I remember. Okay. And I remember thinking like, okay, you know, he's a, he's a good friend of your good friend. Just have this fun. Is, you know, yeah. just have yeah. fun. It's going to be fine. Like worst case scenario, you have another friend. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to have a good time with this guy. Like he's still fun. I remember him being fun, you know? Yeah. You're going to be fine. By the end of the first date, I was thinking like, I think I want to kiss this guy. That's interesting. And then he did kiss me at the end of the first date. He walked me home. He kissed me. And I, again, thought like, oh, I, that was a good kiss. Okay. Interesting. And so I agreed to a second date and it just built from there by the, by the second date, like by the end of the second date, I was very into him. Uh. And by the time we were in an official relationship, I was obsessed with this man. Oh, wow. Like I remember one time in particular, he, it was a long distance relationship. He lived in Philly and we started, he started living in New York and then he moved to Philly and we decided to do long distance and mm -hmm. he had come to visit. We were sitting on the subway, a couple chairs down from each other. Cause it was kind of crowded. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking over at him on the subway and he was doing something on his phone and thinking like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm dating that guy. Like he's so hot. Oh, that's so awesome. And in the, I, I, I had this just like overwhelming, like that, that's mine over there. And I had like this like crazy moment of wanting to like tell the people on the subway. That's awesome. <laughs> like, that was like the day that I it's realized like I loved it. So you're screaming for the like, mountaintops. Yes. So what yes, happened like, with this guy? To... Why did you all break up? Uh, we weren't really compatible, like emotionally long term. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. But he was a good but... sparker. But, but there yes. was a, but it's smoldering. Like it started. Like a slow like burn, a, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. he, and I just remember having this moment where I wanted to turn to the people on the subway and be like, I'm dating that guy over there. That's so cool. I love <laughs> and that. that relationship started not sure I was physically attracted to him. Okay. All right. That's good. I guess it's just to be open-minded and like, that's sort of the way I was with this other guy. I think like I was giving it more time because I was like, I liked him, but I wasn't sure. And then, yeah. you know, but whatever, but that's good. That's good. Um, have you felt sparks like that with anybody else since him? I have, it hasn't built to that same level, but I haven't dated somebody as long as him since him. Okay. Got it. So I think I, I think there are places where it could like I'm I'm very very hopeful and confident that I will feel that way again. Yeah. Um, hopefully with somebody who is more compatible in a relationship with me yeah. long term. Yeah. Well, I feel like we learn a little bit every time we go get, get in and out of relationships about ourselves and Absolutely, what our needs do. are. Okay. So as we wrap up, can you just share how everybody listening can find you and if they want to work with you and all that good stuff? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at Finding Mr. Height on Instagram and TikTok. And my website is FindingMrHeight.com. That's where you can learn all about my coaching and my podcast, which is also called Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. It's all very easy to find. That's great. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Thanks. This was so fun. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book, You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. It's on Amazon and anywhere and everywhere books are sold. And be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye. 